Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for First and Ten with your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raiders news uh, and analysis. And before I bring in uh, our great uh, co-host, Sam Gordon, who uh, is my teammate here with Las Vegas Review Journal. By the way, you can follow all of our work at Vegas Nation the app Vegas Nation or uh, just, uh, you know, go to the computer VegasNation.com. You can get all our stories, videos, podcasts, uh, everything um, in uh, at Vegas Nation, VegasNation.com. And just let you know, we are brought to you by uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal and presented by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Uh, Sam, we've been uh, here in Henderson at the Raiders practice facility now for a, a good week. Um a lot to chew on, uh, you know, over these last six practices uh, that they've had, including on Tuesday when they went to pads, uh, full pad, not necessarily full pads, but uh, at least they got the shoulder pads and helmets and everything else uh, up top uh, going. Uh, not the uh, not the not the pants just yet. We'll see when they uh, when they add that to the element. But um, I'm sensing a there's a lot of energy out there, Sam. There's a lot sure. of energy. Uh, there's a lot of passion. I think there's a lot of commitment. I think. And I wrote this today. Uh, it's really interesting uh, to monitor this whole thing. I, you know, for as long as Derek Carr is going to be here in Las Vegas, he's going to be the face of the uh, Raiders franchise. But I think the heartbeat and soul uh, is starting to emerge, and it's starting to emerge in the form of that 2019 draft class: Max Crosby, Cleve Farrell, Hunter Renfro, Trayvon Mullen, um, and not just the draft class, but um, you know Max Crosby, but but also the the undrafted free agents, Alec Ingle, punter AJ Cole, um, the new center yeah. Andre James. This is it's it's a big chunk of this team came from that 2019 group, and the more I watch them, and the more I talk to players, they're kind of becoming the leaders of this team, the face of this team. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think I think that's spot on, Vinny, and, and that, that was the draft class, right? We remember in 2019 how productive that group was. That group kind of bursts on the scene in 2019, and, and, and you have a lot of playmakers, a lot of impact players uh, that, that that come in and have big roles right away. You know, Josh Jacobs, the 1,000 yards, Max Crosby, still the leader in that graph, draft class in sacks. Cleveland Farrell was one of the – uh, you know, took a step forward. Uh, it continues his development. You had guys come in and, and and have prominent roles, and then 2020 hits, right? And then things you know stagnate a little bit. There's there's things slow down. But I I get that same sense that in 2021, so far in training camp, what this feels like to me, it feels like those guys are they're maturing. This is a, a team, a football team that is maturing before our eyes, and you know we'll find out more what that means once the season gets started and once the games get going, but. Now, you know, guys that are 21, that were 21, 22 a couple years ago, 23, 24, 25 now. They're, they're, it, it just feels like it's a more experienced roster. And like you touched on, I mean, so many players in that draft class still have prominent roles, or that rookie class, rather, the 2019 rookie class, still have prominent roles or, and are even are positioned to even have more prominent roles here in 2021. So I, I think that's a fair characterization. I mean, you have a number of starters and a number of key rotation players from that group, and uh, that continues to be a a, a, a class 
um, a source of pride, I think, that Mike Mayock and John Gruden can look back on and say, wow, you know, we got a number of key players in this class that produced early on and that look like they can continue to be productive players. And, and like you said, leaders uh, on the field, in the locker room, uh, that that's just as important as anything they can do on, that they do on the field. So, yeah, there's definitely um, a unique ener- energy around. And I think it's a, a football team that's that's starting to grow up and starting to mature and understand like, OK, you know, you go you go through your struggles, you experience some things. Now it's time to to take that next step as an organization. For the listeners who might be saying, well, you know, why is that important? Why is that relevant? Um, what's the big deal uh, about it? And you kind of have to take a, a step back. Uh, and go back to 2019 and go look at the makeup of that draft. You've got three players from Clemson. They were the reigning national champions uh, that year. Josh Jacobs is from Alabama, obviously the standard bearer of college uh, football. Foster Moreau comes from a perennial power at LSU. Um, you know, Alec Ingle, the fullback, uh, they, they won 42 games in his four years uh, at Madison, more than a um, – you know, I know that uh, the the University of Minnesota uh, in <laughs> hates this, but Wisconsin has has become one of the more respectable, winning, solid programs in, in, in college football. And yeah, you're not wrong. Man. Yeah, and 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 why it's relevant is because they've seen what it takes to win. I know it was at the college level, but the same principles that win at that level win on any level. They know what the commitment is. They know what the standard is. Um, and, and following that standard and not deviating from it. Uh, they've seen winning up close and, and personal. I'll add one more thing. Um, they got together as a group in 2019. And I know this because I spent some time with Alec Ingold uh, last offseason. And, you know, uh, a lot of his texts, he was telling me, you know, he has a group chat with um, that 2019 group and they push each other and prod each other and motivate each other. And from the very beginning, uh, that class got together and they hooked up um, on, on on group chats uh, and were texting back and forth each other, kind of mandating that they were going to become the foundation uh, that that restored order uh, here w- with the Raiders. They wanted that responsibility. Uh, they 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 um, embraced that responsibility. They also knew, um, you know, that it was going to be a process and they can't just come in and assume uh, that because, you know, there were other players, other older players on that team. But they felt like if they just go about it the right way and work and continue to grind, eventually that was it was going to be established organically rather than forcefully um, that 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 group, uh, that foundation was going to be the foundation. And I, I think it's important because John Gruden, from the day he stepped foot, uh, you know, back w- with the Raiders, that's been priority number one is rebuilding the culture uh, and foundation. And um, and I think they, they got off to a pretty good start with that 2019 group. And now that they're older, I think you're starting to see them uh, emerge. And it's important because they're going to be the standard bearers. They want that. Um, and I think I think that, you know, moving forward, it could be a, a pretty big deal for this Raiders process. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think I think one of the things that and you know, this, Vinny, winning is a skill. You got to learn how to win. Right. So these guys have all these win- all this experience winning in the college at the college level. And then you come in and now now you have you, you have your sea legs under you uh, in the NFL. We're talking about that 2019 class. Those guys now there's some experience there. And like you said, they understand the elements of winning. They understand the elements of success. You sprinkle in the right veterans around them, right? Guys like Casey Hayward of that ill. Guys like Unique Nagakwe. Guys that are going to come in and make a difference. You add those those veteran pieces that have experienced success to this nucleus, and now you have the makings of of what you were talking about, of a winning culture, of a culture 
that's developing and, and, and evolving into the right direction. So it's a process, and, and I think it's going to take time, and, and we're seeing it unfold, and I think it's still going to continue to take time. You have the rest of training camp. You have the preseason schedule. You have regular season games, and we know this, this, the stakes are going to change as we continue as the days, you know, grow, uh, as we count down the days towards towards the regular season. But, but from what you've touched on, you know, just observing a camp, right, the, the energy, the competitiveness, the competition within different positions, the different position groups, uh, the pace at which they're moving, I think there's a lot to be optimistic about uh, for, for Raider fans at, at this point in the process. And it is a process, but this process is starting to unfold. And like you said, that 2019 uh, rookie class, you know, guys that are in their third year now, 24, 25 years old, um, are a driving force and are a big part of, of what the Raiders uh, program has become. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, season two, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. No doubt about it. And, you know, before I ask, well, what about the 2020 uh, draft group? Um, well, you know, um, it, it's, it's interesting, interesting. You should ask, um, you know, uh, today was a really good day for Henry Ruggs. I think he continues to build strong days, um, you know, uh, as, as camp continues uh, to move on. I listen, Sam, I think you agree with me. I was never one to, to write that 2020 uh, draft group off. Um, and, and I, and I say that because, I just thought it was unfair. Uh, you know, having done this a long time and been around professional sports a long time, to take away a key element that was taken away from last year's uh, class in a regular offseason program, uh, being able to get into the building to, to you know, be able to condition and work and be monitored. Um, you know, the team was moving from Oakland to Las Vegas. Uh, that, was, that was kind of a challenge. I just felt like in a lot of ways, that 2020 draft class was kind of shortchanged in some ways. They tried to make the best of it. Um, you know, you showed up uh, or they showed up in training camp last August, um, kind of hit the ground running the first time they were in an NFL building uh, as a collective group. It's not the easiest thing in the world. And uh, there were some ups and downs uh, for that group. A lot of injuries, um, you know, guys trying to play catch up. Uh, there was a lot of cards that were stacked up wrongly um for that for that draft group and and now as we as they get settled in uh and we start getting a better look at the at these guys i think you're gonna see them make their move a little bit henry ruggs brian edwards uh, we'll see about uh damon arnett uh the the cornerback from from ohio state um i still think there's a lot to like uh from that draft class and i think that now they're gonna finally be able to get a, a more of a foundation uh to 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 build off of yeah i mean i think you know, different guys, not everybody develops at the same pace, right? Just because Justin Jefferson was all world his rookie year doesn't mean that's going to be Henry Ruggs. And it doesn't mean that Henry Ruggs, and I'm just using him as an example, is a failure because he didn't put up 1,300 yards the way Jefferson did, right? Like we, I think there was kind of an understanding, especially with some of those draft picks, Ruggs being a prime example, 
that it was going to take some time to adjust. And I thought my, my thought was always, yeah, you didn't get the production from that group you wanted in 2020, but you didn't draft these guys just for right for that particular year. You it's a, it's a four or five year investment with these rookie contracts. And you hope as that contract progresses, as the years go by, that guys, that players continue to develop and improve. And, and, and I think it would be irresponsible not to make room for that 2020 draft class to do just that. And, and like you touched on, I wasn't out of camp um, today. We're limited with the number of people we can have. But I, I've been out a few times. And, and like you said, Henry Ruggs looks looks like a different player. And will that translate in September, October? We'll see. Right? We'll see. But he's a little bigger. I think the route running is a little bit more nuanced. You, you hear his teammates, his veteran teammates, talk about the improvements he's made. I think there's something there. And I think that, you know, yeah, that, that is, did Damon Arnett perform the way the Raiders wanted him to? Is he, you know, the star of training camp? No, not necessarily, but that doesn't mean his career is all of a sudden over at this point. I think we need to see and let this thing organically play out. The 2019 draft class, like we talked about, was so good as, as, as rookies. They were so impactful right away that I think that the, the kind of the natural inclination is to want to compare draft classes and like that. Not all draft classes are equal. So, uh, you, I think there's a space for for the young guys last year to grow, to develop. I, I think you talk about a guy like Tanner Muse. I've, I've been really impressed with him. He didn't even get a chance to get out on the field last year because of the toe injury that kept him out all year, or the foot injury, whatever this, it was specifically. He's out there flying around, making plays, has a chance to, to, I think, be a rotation player and an impact guy. So it's just, let's pump the brakes. Let's slow down a little bit. We're going to have a much better idea at the end of 2021 exactly how that 2020 draft class is. And if, if you see improvements – you know, whether they're gradual, whether they're drastic, I think that's a, a W overall for the Raiders organization. You know, it, it, they, 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 weren't, they weren't all rolled in 2020. That's okay. Let's see what it looks like in 2021. And then we have a, a more, a bigger sample size from which we can evaluate. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Tanner Muse. Uh, I know for whatever reason, I know when, you know, when it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, but, you know, there was a legitimate reason why Tanner Muse didn't play last year. Um, he had a, a serious toe injury that required surgery. He was able to play through it in college. He thought he had it under control because he was able to keep it under control, uh, you know, uh, in college. But he gets to camp last year. And, and you know, kind of the way he, he explained it to me is like, you know, you're not in the ACC anymore. You're you're practicing against world class athletes on a daily basis, and it's just the pound and grind uh, of planting and cutting uh, on that on that foot and on that toe aggravated it to the point where he couldn't go anymore. And I remember watching him last year, and and he just looked slow. And I was wondering what the heck is going on with Tanner Muse? Where's the athletic ability? Well, he had a, a toe injury that he was trying to you know grit his teeth and suck it up and hope that it got better. It never did. Uh, so his training camp got cut short. He goes on the inner reserve. He goes under, eventually undergoes toe surgery. His season is over. But to hear people, you know, on social media calling him a bus, it's like, what do you mean? He's not the first player to go down in a rookie year, um, you know, uh, due to circumstance. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that that he's a bus. And, and now he's completely healthy. I know talking to some of his teammates during the offseason, they're like, Vinny, you ought to see this guy work. Um, he's going to reap some benefits before this is all said and done because he's putting the work in. And I think we've seen that. And it's just a, a, a another reminder. You can't just write people off because you got mad because he couldn't play because he got hurt. That's not, you know, A, his fault, and B, that's not a legitimate reason to write anybody off. At least give him a chance to get on the field and show what he can do. And at the very least, right now, 
Um, and John Gruden mentioned it when we talked to him, you know, he's still got to prove it. And, you know, uh, and, and when he gets his opportunities, especially when pads and hitting, you know, uh, starts becoming part of the equation, uh, see where, see where it all, all goes. But right now, as of right now, in six days into the training camp, he's been getting the nod at outside linebacker, uh, in, in base defense. And what I like about that is he looks every bit the six foot two, 230 pounds, you know, 227, 230 pounds, but he moves super fast. So he's a guy that because he played safety uh, in college, you know, he's going to be able to, to defend uh, in, in pass coverage. But because he's kind of a big dude, too, um, you can you can picture him and what they have him doing a lot of times is being that edge setter from outside linebacker uh, in, in, in run support. So he's got the size and physicality to be able to match up uh, in, in there. Now we'll see, you know, he's going to have to run uh, with some guys in, in pass coverage, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, when, when games start and, and, and whatnot. But he's he's more than holding his own uh, so far. And a lot of times he's been matched up on tight ends uh, in that pass coverage and, and, and looks like he can handle uh, the position. So, again, uh, you know, uh, be careful before you start calling somebody a bus and not being able to have the open mind to say, Hey, you know, there was a legitimate reason why he was not out there. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Again, things, things take time. Like things take time just because other players on other teams are big time impact players right away as a rookie. Doesn't mean that everybody's going to be like that. And it doesn't mean that, you know, player X drafted in 2020 isn't going to be really good in 2022. It's just about, you know, time, situation, opportunity, and you're seeing some of that, those kind of things crystallize with the Raiders, namely, like like you said, with like like Tanner Muse here at camp. Now he's definitely, Vinny, in my opinion, he's been one of one of the bright spots so far. You know, like you said, we have forgotten about him because he was unavailable. And, and seeing him do his thing, uh, obviously, looks like an impact player, a player that has a chance to make an impact this year. Who else have you been impressed with? Through the first week of camp, did anybody catch you by surprise? Anybody catch you off guard, or, or was there, or did you, are you seeing what you expected for, from this group so far? Well, I'll tell you, um, today, uh, you know, on Tuesday was the first day of, of pads. So, uh, you know, uh, I usually go right to the offensive defensive lines uh, in that setting because they're the ones that are going to get the most physical. And um, I'm just going to say, I'd be shocked if Alex Leatherwood didn't have a, a, a really strong rookie year, uh, presuming, you know, he stays healthy. Uh, but Sam, um, that dude is super fast off the line of scrimmage. Like he moves with the ball. It is impressive. Um, and when he gets his paws on people, he moves them around pretty easily. Uh, there were a couple of back to back situations that I was watching today where he just flat out mauled uh, his his uh, blocking assignment. And I mean, he just walled it off. Uh, he's big. Uh, he's strong. He's fast. He's really smart. Um, he's got that great kind of old man uh, demeanor about him in a good way. Uh, it feels like he's been here before, or been here a long time. He doesn't have that feel uh, of a rookie. Very serious, very determined. Uh, I know from talking to people that that know him, uh, he'll crack uh, some jokes. He's got a, a, a pretty good wit about him and sense of humor about him. But so far, it's been all work, all focus, all intensity from him. So really like what I'm seeing uh, from Alex Leatherwood. I really like what I'm seeing. Uh, a couple of guys, Foster Moreau, um, has his, he looks in great shape. Uh, and I think he's poised for a, uh, uh, a, a good, strong third year coming off the injury that he, that he had and worked his way back from last year. I think Max Crosby is just, um, 
I, you know, and, and I asked John Gruden about it uh, on Tuesday uh, about his work ethic. And, and John was like, you know, the dude lived at the facility during the offseason. He goes, I, I, my car was here. His car was here. I'd drive by at other times and his car was still out there. Um, and so he really made a commitment this offseason um, to, to, to get his body right. I know there were some off-field changes that he made uh, as well and good for him on, on, on all that. Uh, but he's been flying around um, relentless, and it's not just playing. He's talking. He's being vocal. He's being a leader. Uh, so really like what I see from uh, from, from Max Crosby. Um, loving Trayvon Mullen, um, the, the progress with with him, uh, just noticing that and, and seeing kind of his quiet uh, leadership that he provides and just consistency that he provides. So... Uh, those guys, and we mentioned Henry Ruggs, we mentioned uh, Brian Edwards, uh, like what I'm seeing from Kenyon Drake. I think uh, Derek Carr has had a strong camp, as has Marcus Mariota. So there's really, honestly, been a lot to like from this Raiders camp right now. Um, and uh, and so those are my, my thoughts. How about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I've been focused on the offensive line, right, quite a bit, because we know that that had been a strength. It feels like we talk about it all the time, but that had been a strength of the team the last few years. A very veteran group with a lot of cohesiveness, that I think was one of the driving forces, regardless of what the analytics or the numbers say. You you watch the games, and Derek Carr pretty much for the most part had a clean pocket, had plenty of time, and was able to do his thing back there in the pocket last season. That's because of that the way that offensive line played. Obviously, a new group, right? Richie Incognito back, Alex Leatherwood on the right side, new center in uh, Andre James, and then you have Denzel Good and John Simpson uh, at right guard uh, battling that one out. So I've been really focused on that, but but in doing so. I noticed the same things you did about Leatherwood, like very, very, very focused, very attentive, very detail oriented and like a great listener, like, you know, really, really in tune with what Tom Cable is saying, uh, taking great cues from his vets. And I think, I mean, he was drafted in the first round for a reason, regardless of what the critics said or what the perception was around the league. Uh, this is a guy who had a big time pedigree, was one of the best offensive linemen in the country at Alabama and has looked every bit the part. Um, since he's since he's come in, but I, I've also Vinny, I like the I just the, the improved depth on the defensive line and the competition that that is taking place with the edge rushers, with the interior defensive linemen, how that unit has unfolded. I think you you take a look at a guy like Unique Nagakwe, what he's brought, the energy, uh, the speed on the edge, the power. He's another guy who op- opposite Max Crosby looks to be in great physical condition, um, ready to have a big year. I mean, he's talked openly about how he wants to be regarded as you know, as one of the top dogs, one of the top edge rushers in the league, you know, in that ilk with, a, you know, the Von Miller types of the world and guys on that level when they're healthy, Chandler Jones, et cetera, et cetera. You can go on down the line. So um, I've really I've been really impressed with those two with those two units. And, and I think, you know, when we get into the games and, and when 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 they matter, when they count, when they start counting the wins and losses, how are football games won and lost in the trenches? Right. So wh- wh- what did the Raiders address? Yeah. They, they, they turned over some players on the offensive line, but you go out and you get a franchise right tackle. You go out and you you get deeper on the defensive line. You get deeper in the defensive backfield. So those those two units, the trenches, have, I've been really impressed with what I've seen. And like you said, Derek Carr, I think, has been money um, all camp. I mean, pretty much every pass I've watched him throw, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. When, they, when they've gotten to a lot of the team stuff, he's he's finding guys open all over the place. And, and his, throw, his throws are on time. They're accurate. I haven't seen him turn the ball over yet in, in any kind of – uh, 11 on 11 or, or 7 on 7 situation and and at 30 as he continues to to get deeper into his prime um, he looks like he's ready to build on uh, the top 10ish season that he had last year where he was very good and put forth his you know arguably his best season to date 
Absolutely. Uh, some uh, some housekeeping uh, to do. Um, the Raiders, Sam Young, uh, has retired from football, uh, reserve offensive tackle, uh, played 11 games for the Raiders last year, started a career-high seven games. Uh, he's decided to hang it up. Uh, that opens the door for Brandon Parker uh, to um, – uh, to 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 retain his role on the team, been a little dicey for Brandon Parker over his first three years, uh, has made, I think, 19 starts, but hasn't really distinguished himself. Uh, but it looks like he's probably going to get another look, uh, a longer look now uh, because of the retirement of Young. Uh, our best wishes to Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager. Um, he has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I texted him. I gave me a thumbs up when I asked him how he was doing. So uh, that's good news. Fully vaccinated. But a reminder that, you know, um, we're not out of the woods yet uh, on COVID-19. Uh, he's one of, you know, they've had a couple players, now three players, I think it is, that, that have tested positive for COVID-19. So just a constant reminder that we still have a lot of work to do before we uh, get clear from, from all of this. Uh, we'll be back at it on uh, next week. And uh, the Raiders continue to uh, practice in pads uh, for these next few days. Uh, we will have all the reports uh, on Vegas Nation the app or go to vegasnation.com and, and check it all out uh, but we got you covered on a daily basis sam thanks so much uh have a great day uh we will talk to you next week uh, our thanks uh to larry muir our great producer uh for always being flexible and, and making us sound good thank you to the listeners i know the numbers have been great we really appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing um until we talk again uh, next week i uh, just want to let you know and say thanks the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, they, uh, uh, we are brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal and presented by Station Casinos, STN Sports. See you guys next week. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review Journal. In partnership with the Mob Museum, I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, a true story about money. And so it was their piggy bank. They had the ability to get loans for whoever they wanted to get loans for. Crime. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kelly. I don't go for that kind of action. And the battle to control the strip. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. We were very angry and very upset, and we knew we had been double-crossed. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Pro Group Management. Additional sponsorship provided by El Cortez and the Golden Steer.